This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 521, comic reviews for the releases from the week of Wednesday, October the 25th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 521, where we take a look at some of the releases from the week of Wednesday, October the 25th. Uh, this week, uh, I don't think I actually had a chance to read a lot of the books that came out. Um, I'm getting farther and farther behind, unfortunately. Last week, I think I only talked about two books, and this time I'm talking about three. So, better than last week, but still not good. Uh, so, first up, actually, first I'll talk about some of the books that I did not get a chance to read, because there was a lot of books that came out last week. Um, halfway through, all new Wolverine, so I can't actually talk about it yet. A uh, new issue of Action Comics, which I'm starting to fall behind. Twice a month is killing me. Uh, Batman the Merciless, uh, Batman Beyond, Black Panther, Blue Beetle, Captain Marvel, Daredevil, uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, Justice League of America, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans, Thanos, The Flash, Punisher, Thor, Werewalk, The Frost Giants, U.S. Avengers, Weapon X, Wonder Woman, and X-Men Blue. Oh, man, I miss X-Men Blue. Man, that's not good. I'm really loving that storyline, too, that Mojo storyline. So what did it get a chance to read? Well, first up, we have Amazing Spider-Man. This is issue 790. Uh, this is by Dan Slott on plot, script by Christos Gage, and artwork by Stuart Eminen. Um, I like this, for the most part, quite a lot. I thought the artwork was great. I thought some things felt a bit of a retread or maybe went on too long. Um, it was good. I just felt like we recently had a storyline with Spider-Man and Human Torch fighting through the Baxter building. Although... I want to say we recently, I mean, I guess it, because it doesn't feel like it's been that long since we got that story. I guess it was like two years ago or, but anyways, it just feels like we got that in this volume of the beginning, well, the beginning of the previous volume before the legacy numbering started taking over. So I just feel like we got that not long ago. So we probably didn't need to do it again. Um, the whole apology tour, I felt like it ate up a lot of space and that's not necessarily a good thing. I get it. You know, th- th- this is something they had to kind of have Peter go through, but, you know, it was a full page of just seeing the same thing, and I was kind of over it. I do like the idea, though, that Peter's reveling in being Spider-Man and being able to escape being Peter, and uh, Peter's the one who doesn't want to be around anybody, but because of how people feel about Peter Parker right now, whereas Spider-Man is a different story. Um, I like seeing Clash here. I like, again, he's not an out-and-out villain, which I appreciated as well. Uh, I like the ending. I thought it was a cool little, uh, not cliffhanger per se, but a nice little uh, ending to this book. It was kind of weird, though, that after last issue, it had so much focus on um, Mockingbird and the burgeoning relationship between Peter and, uh, and Bobby that it was so absent here. Um, especially also, like, the idea of him hanging out with Human Torch. We're seeing a lot of that over in Spectacular, and I would say their relationship was a little bit more amicable. Uh, so here, it's a little bit more adversarial. Um, overall, though, I still liked it. Uh, the art was great. Uh, I'm going to give this maybe a 7. I... Yeah, it wasn't... I think the last issue was probably stronger. Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I'm maybe being a little too much of a grump and an old man and, a, and too hard on this book. Um, next up is uh, Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider number nine, which is a book that has transformed itself um, from what it originally was, which, you know, it's getting to be, a, I guess, a story that um, Peter David actually wants to tell, which is fine. It's written by Peter David, our work by Will Sliney. Um, we have Ricochet teaming up with... Scarlet Spider, um, what's his name? The Enforcer kind of maybe started to put some things together in his head, but what's really going on here? Um, I like how the characters are being written here. I think it's interesting. Again, they're kind of pushing the characters in different directions. I like that um, the idea that Scarlet Spider tries to infiltrate uh, a place and just does not work out well. And then Ricochet shows up wearing just like his boxers because uh, he, he can't wear the rest of his costume because of uh, the being webbed down. Um, I like that they're going up against the Hornet. Um, 
I'm digging this. I'm, I think it's a, it was a solid issue. It was fun. Um, yeah, I feel like this issue, um, this series, is moving towards uh, a better place, um, a different place. I think uh, Peter David had to kind of deal with the fallout of clone conspiracy a bit more when he first started, and now they're just kind of like, yeah, just do your own thing. And he's just kind of telling his own story. I mean, you had the issue with death, which was nothing like it. Just it was a bit of a stretch, but he made it work. And uh, I'm, it's becoming a book. I think that's more Peter David and less the original DNA of the book that might have been left over from Clone Conspiracy by Dan Slott. That I think for a lot of people is troubling. Um, so I'm kind of liking how they're starting to shift the character a little bit and using the slingers as a, a way to uh, definitely warm my heart. Uh, and last but not least, today we have Silver Surfer 14 by Dan Slott and Michael Allred, with our work with color art, I should say, by Laura Allred. Um, this was really good, first of all. I'm not going to say anything bad about it because I think it was fantastic. I think last issue was the emotional gut punch in terms of like just all the emotion in it. This one was a nice denouement. Um, the idea of how Silver Surfer kind of ends up back in our time, and it was ingenious because it is able to make everything we've read throughout this run matter. Uh, and be and be something important, but also letting future writers write whatever Silver Surfer they want. Um, the idea that the power cosmic he uses now is red and black is just heartwarming. Um, he really Dan Slott is able to put every piece back on the table and have it not feel weird when we see his cosmic uh, adventures with Silver Surfer being more cosmicy again and not not being this love story anymore. Like that's okay. And, we're, and the, the the version of of Norrin who's in love with Don and she's still alive somewhat and he's somehow there. It makes sense and it works. And even the idea that um, the board is different now. And um, it's no longer, you know, kind of to me because um, it's not like that anymore. That relationship has changed. Um, this run is fantastic. I really liked it all the way through. I've said before, I'm not, I haven't always been the biggest fan of Laura, uh, sorry, Michael Arred, not Laura Arred, uh, Michael Arred's art, but I have always loved this book and the, the overall look to it. And now that it's over, like I'm, I can't, I can't imagine that this run doesn't get put into a beautiful omnibus. Like I have all the trades of this book and I like to give them out as much as possible if I can get people to take them. But I think uh, I would absolutely in a heartbeat upgrade this to an omnibus. A beautiful hardcover collection of all these amazing stories. This beautiful love story. Uh, in a heartbeat would I want this on my shelf. Um, this was an excellent issue. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. It was it was really nice. And Dan Slott had really outdid himself. It was obvious well, he, that this was the book he was most excited and most passionate about writing. Not to say anything about his work on The Amazing Spider-Man. I just think... You know, this connected with him and he was able to tell a story he really loved about characters and telling a type of story that he really wanted to tell and with, with an amazing creative team. Um, not that, again, that he's not working with amazing creative teams, but there was something special about this book. Partly, like, it kind of lives in its own identity, its own thing. Uh, it's not as connected to the tissue of the regular Marvel Universe. And he was able to just kind of tell us a beautiful story about these characters and this love story. And I, for one, absolutely loved it. And if you haven't read his run on Silver Surfer, I'm sure in a year or so, you'll get to see it in a, in a hardcover collection. I'd really be surprised if it wasn't put into something because it deserves it. Um, you know, a lot of other books get more acclaim, like the books like The Vision, etc. But uh, Silver Surfer was quietly... Uh, absolutely entertaining every month and extremely gorgeous. It didn't always come out that often. Uh, I had issues with lateness, but it was an absolutely beautiful book. And it's over. I'm sad about that, but um, you know, it ended on a, a really positive, sweet note. And um, yeah, it was just it was great. And I'm glad that you know books like these exist. You need 
you need books like this um, to really kind of uh, cleanse the palate of you know your your typical book. This is not a typical book, and uh, it was all the stronger for that reason. Uh, looking at books that we'll be talking about next week, uh, the releases from the week of Wednesday, November the first. Um, some of the highlights include the continued collection, uh, sorry, continued publication, I should say, of Bane Conquest, issue number seven. <coughs> We'll also have uh, Batman 34. Uh, you got the Batman Detective Comics Rebirth Deluxe, collect- collect- ah, Deluxe Collection Hardcover Book 1. Uh, there's the Bar- Batman the Dark Prince Charming Hardcover Book 1. Batman the Devastator. Batman White Knight, number 2 of 8. Uh, we got uh, Black Lightning Cold Dead. Sorry, Cold Dead Hands, number 1. Uh, we got the Aquaman the Atlantis Chronicles Deluxe Edition. Uh, we've got the Absolute Justice League World Greatest Superheroes by Paul Dini and Alex Ross. I'm really considering getting. Uh, we got Cyborg. Um, what else we got? Uh, a new Deadman book, Deathstroke, Green Arrow, Injustice, Jetsons, uh, Justice League 32, um, Nightwing, Superman. Uh, then we've got, what, DuckTales number two. I didn't even know they're coming out with a new DuckTales book. Oh, I'm going to have to buy that for my son. Uh, we got from Image books like uh, Gravediggers Union number one, um, Walking Dead 173, Marvel has Astonishing X-Men 5, Avengers 673, uh, New Show Black Bolt, Captain America, uh, Iceman, Iron Fist, Old Man Logan, Power Pack by Devin Grayson, uh, two-time guest of the show, uh, Spider-Man 234, so that's uh, Peter Parker's spectacular, his changes numbering, uh, Spider-Man The Clone Saga Omnibus Volume 2, and uh, The Uncanny Inhumans Hardcover Volume 2, and Star Wars Earth Theater Number 7. That's just some of the releases coming out next week, and we'll be talking about them on Episode 523. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Shenanigans. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. And next episode will be our spotlight on Thor Ragnarok. See you then.